Do you need to be pointed in the direction of a dire ink injection? Hang in there, because you're in the right place. Hello, scribes and scribblers. Welcome to the nib section. This is Diana Dye, producer-in-chief. We are in a little bit of a muddle over here due to several of us being sick, not to mention away. We were hoping this week to release an episode featuring a roundtable discussion with new guests and some interviews with guests from other states about the very much anticipated topic of vintage pens. Um, That's a huge topic, as you can expect, and we put a lot of work into it. And unfortunately, that didn't quite come together in time for the April 24th episode. So instead, we're going to be releasing two segments um, that we'll hope you'll also enjoy. One of those segments is an interview that I did with my friend and fellow Sydney side of Brian Saputro. Brian was one of the first people that I actually got to know in the Sydney Fountain Pen community. He, along with Mark Hobson, was the host of the very first Sydney Pen Meet back in 2015, I think it was. And since then, we've gotten to know each other a lot better. Um, He's a real pillar of the community. And he's also full of boundless enthusiasm about a bunch of things. Um, You'll have heard him before in our episode about Nakaya and fountain pen quality control, where he told us about his own explorations into Urushi painting. And he was also most recently in the episode about fountain pens for artists, where he talked about what kind of inks and pens he likes to use for his own artworks. But before that, we also have back with us Tav and the lovely Angela, they have in their hot little hands two very interesting nibs that they like to compare and review. One of them is my very own King of Pen King Eagle nib from Sailor. It was crafted by the late and very much missed Nagahara-san of Sailor Pens. And the other is the extremely rare, even more so than the King Eagle, um, the extremely rare trilogy nib from Regalia Writing Labs, also known as Ralph Reyes, who was our guest back in February of this year. Ralph talked about his thoughts and his aspirations and what motivated him to make this incredible trilogy nib back then. Both the trilogy and the King Eagle, I think Tav described them as a nib sandwich at the time. It's a triple-decker nib, three nibs, one on top of each other, and Ralph took inspiration from the King Eagle to create his trilogy nib. So I think it would be very interesting to listen to Tab and Angela discuss both of these nibs, put them into action and see how they compare. And I haven't had the chance to look at the trilogy nib myself. I can't wait to get to try it. And as promised, Ralph, at some point when I get the King of Pen back from Tav, I will be sending the King of Pen King Eagle your way so that you can try out that nib for yourself. And now here's Tab and Angela. What's up, everyone? It's Tav here. And Angela here. We're here to do a review on the Regalia Writing Labs Trilogy Nib, which was recently mentioned a few episodes ago on the Nib section. So we kind of promised Ralph that we'd do a review of his amazing nib that was designed to emulate the Sailor King Eagle nib um, designed by Mr. Nagahara. So uh, yeah, we've had to play around with both of the pens. One one of them was graciously lent to us by Diana, um, the King Eagle on a beautiful ebonite Sailor King of Pen. And the other one was graciously lent to me and what well, belongs to Angela. So I thought, you know, who better to do a joint review with than Angela herself? 
Okay, thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, so you obviously own this pen. What were your first impressions when you when, when you first started running with it? Well, actually, no. When you when you opened it up, um, I really like that he's you know put thought into the way the nib looks. I'm just looking at it now. If you heard the pen open, he's kind of created this like wing shield like. Yeah, it kind of looks looks top. like a mask almost. Looks like looks like some kind of mask anyway, on the top of the nib. It's cool. It's got this. So obviously, it's three nibs welded together and the top one he's like extended it down the bottom and you know created a bit of a, like a sharp point my only concern with that is that the practicality of it means that when you wipe the top of the nib the tissue can get caught on that little sharp bit um if i ever needed to take the nib out to if i wanted to change the pen or anything like that i'm worried about how that would go i'm also worried about dust sort of getting caught underneath it you know and making it i don't know I don't know how, if it's actually got a straight through to the, the feed hole from that other end, like, because if it does. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not hugely concerned. I think it'd be very unlucky to have dust trapped under there. It looks oh. like he's, even if dust were to be trapped under there, it, I don't know if it'd actually get into the yeah. into the pen itself. Well, I, I can't tell. It looks like it might be closed off. But yeah. anyway, it's beautiful still. He's done a really good job making it look pretty. I'm lucky to have a two-toned one. I think it's quite beautiful. Yeah, that's my first impression. No, so that's the appearance. And what, what about when you inked it up and wrote with it? So it's pretty cool how much line variation he's gotten out of this pen. It's really fun for drawing with and just writing the word juicy because the pen is really juicy and I like that word. <laughs> What's your first impression? Well, uh, when I first saw it, I thought, wow, he's really, well, I thought that that's, uh, looks like an, a tremendous amount of effort to make that. It definitely, it definitely does contrast with Mr. Nagahara's version. The Sailor version has kind of a V-shaped shield, I suppose, on top of the nib. Like so two the opposite, nib, yeah, like, yeah, the two nibs, yeah, where where the mask it's like of this, steps down, yeah, to the bottom nib. It, it's it's been really fancily done where he's cut a v-shape into the back end of each nib that mm. he's sandwiched on top of each other and that looks beautiful too <laughs> yeah yeah they're, they're, they're totally different aesthetics but the appearance of the king eagle one obviously the sailor factory would have slightly more sophisticated equipment so it does look like it has been created with a little bit more well well basically it looks like he's used more expensive equipment and he's got more tools at his disposal so well, it does the difference look yeah. is that Mr. Nagahara actually made the whole nib from scratch. Like the whole thing was thought from beginning to end. Like yeah. whereas um, Ralph is using pre-existing nibs and modifying, like welding them together. So that's, I suppose it's a different procedure oh, too, isn't it? Well, the way that, that Mr. Nagahara made the nibs was, I believe that he made that he had three nibs made and would cut away from okay. the existing two. I mean, I I would I stand know. corrected. Yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, yeah. he was he works in Sailor. He had the intention of turning them into yeah. from the very beginning. This was so sort of an aftermarket modification on, on Ralph's part. Another thing was it's it's sharp. It looks really sharp, the trilogy. It, it looks like it's like a, like a weapon or some kind of ceremonial, <laughs> ornamental, sacrificial dagger. So it, that's pretty cool. I feel like if he's calling his other nib that's coming out the Leviathan, I feel like he could have called it something else kind of menacing. It would have been pretty cool. You got the King Eagle, the Leviathan, the Cobra, 
the trilogy. It's a cool, like, it's a great name for it because it, you know, it's three nibs sandwiched on top of each other and welded together, which is awesome. I don't know. It's, I, it looks, it looks kind of like vicious, and you know, I feel like it's, it, I don't know, there's kind of a bit of a Legend of Zelda look to it. Like, it looks like something from Legend of Zelda, whereas the Sailor one just looks like a thick ended nib. It's like a, a nib that's just being thickened. Oh well, I, I actually love the Sailor nib. I love the way it looks. So. I, I don't, I'm not saying that either of them look bad. They're just totally different aesthetics. Yeah, and, um, they are totally yeah. different. Now, when you used it, do you, do you feel like it's really sturdily built, the, uh, oh, the sure. trilogy? Yeah. Um, you don't feel like you're going to you know, wipe the nib a little bit too hard one day and the whole thing's going to spring <laughs> apart? No, no, no. It feels like it's definitely together and staying together. It feels fine. That's good. It doesn't have any um, give in it when you write, like very little. I mean, if I push a little while I'm writing, it, I can see it has a tiny bit. But oh, every, nib, the... every nib will bend at least once. <laughs> <laughs> compared to the Salem, which does have a little bit more give when you write, it's very, um, you know, probably the different material it's made out of. Yeah, totally. That. So It's also longer and thinner. The King Eagle nib. Oh, yeah, kind the tines are much ta- thinner. It, it tapers. It, it yeah. tapers like, like an Aurora nib. Well, I actually had a conversation with Ralph as well. I said, you know, should I be careful with this nib? Like if I wipe it down or if I remove it from the pen, uh, is it possible that it could spring apart? And he said, I think he said something like, no, you can pretty much abuse those those nibs. They're, they're welded together. So they, they'll, they'll stick together. They will stay together. I mean, and when you look at it, you can see like right on the corner where the nibs are all like start being attached. You can see the welding and it doesn't look like it's going anywhere. No, it doesn't look delicately welded. It looks like it's really been actually joined. Like the three nibs have been turned into one and he's done a really good job with the tipping as well of each of the nibs. It's been really well aligned with each other. So that the tipping, it's not exactly touching, but it's almost forming another Hmm. tine, another slit. So more ink can get through. It's quite, quite like quite pretty as well when you look at it from that yeah it's it's pretty elegant it, it, i'll put some pictures up as well yeah there will be there will be the... plenty of images um <laughs> in the well in the description of the podcast so feel free so the flow is quite nice it's quite nice quite nice, nice. <laughs> i'm just writing with it now when you write on the highest angle it's got an extremely thin line um, and you have to be, it's quite toothy almost, but that's pretty expected. That's like any thin pen. It's um, quite dry at the high angle. I, um, I think that's deliberate, but it, it, it can be useful, I think, for, to have like such a dry, thin line. It's really a hairline. And for drawing, if I want to draw some like really fine detail, it's perfect because I can get in there and, and really, you know, make sure I don't get too much ink on the page. And then if you just change the angle a little bit more, you can get a little bit more wetness and have a pretty similar line, mm. like thickness. And, and what then, ink are you using in that one? This has got diamine marine in it. Is that a particularly wet ink or is it middle of the road? I'm not sure. You don't know? Okay. <laughs> well, I, I think that di- diamine inks tend to be kind of wet with the, with only a couple of exceptions. So we'll assume that's a quite a wet ink and it, it doesn't seem to gush completely with it so i think this pen tends to i think ralph did mention that this pen prefers wetter inks so it still writes really nicely with this ink yeah yeah yeah. Oh, uh, you're saying it yeah, yeah never mind ignore that yeah because i think i think you, you the first ink you put in it was uh, a pelican ink that wasn't quite as wet and it didn't quite like it as much no it didn't it um, had to kind of shake it every now and then issues, yeah, yeah. This is fine. This is working really well. All right. So yeah, put put uh, if you know if any of you guys grab one of these, I think it prefers a wet ink. I mean, it's pretty incredible the line variation you get from like 
you know, I don't know what the act, we should measure these millimeter wise, huge difference. It goes from extra fine to well and truly over double. I reckon, I reckon it, that would be comparable to a platinum ultra extra fine, the, the finest line that this pen can make as opposed to the platinum, probably a little bit broader than the platinum coarse nib, which is massive. It goes probably triple broad or quadruple broad, this uh, this nib, when you hold it at a very low angle. It's uh, pretty fun to write with. If you hold it on an extremely low angle, it actually gets thin again. But yeah, like that- if you hold it on the angle where most of the surface area of the pen is touching, which I'd say is like 30 degrees maybe? What are you saying, uh, I think that's really hard to, yeah, maybe know, 30 degrees, rough. I don't know. And then, yes. like, that's 90 degrees. So, from 90 degrees to 30 degrees, that's, the, like, the difference. Mm. Well, actually, I, I should mention that the Sailor nib is ridiculously wet. Regardless of what ink you put in it, it's going to gush. I mean, if that's what floats your boat, cool. But, you know, with, with such a small converter, you're going to burn through a lot of ink. Even at high angles, the sailor is very, very wet, whereas this one has quite a nice contrast. You can go from pretty dry, great for sketching, to super wet if you just kind of want to put as much ink on the page as possible and marvel at the glistening ink. <laughs> Which know, is fun, too. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of my thing, you know. So, yeah. So, what do you think of, um, like, compar- comparing just when you write a line with the with the trilogy versus when you write a line with the sailor like which which do you find to be the more enjoyable experience on the page well they're a different experience i actually think that the trilogy has less feedback it's quite it feels quite smooth and there's a little bit of feedback um which is nice except for when you're writing at 90 degrees that's extremely toothy but it's still you know it's like writing with a pin almost yeah but no actually i wouldn't say that like it's still I can still write without yeah. the pen getting caught. But it just feels um, pretty needly. I have I have fine pens, other pens that are worse to write with than that. So it's pretty it's pretty good still. I actually think it's smoother than the Sailor. The Sailor has a lot of feedback. Um, the other thing I've noticed is when you're changing the angle of the pen, when you're trying to create the variation between the thinnest and the thickest, the trilogy actually creates a more consistent line than the sailor does. So the sailor has this like, like the top of the line is straight, but the bottom kind of looks like it has little yeah, holes it's not, almost. It's not like, quite, yeah, it's it's just um, a little bit of the bottom edge of the line is a bit broken. Yeah, but on the trilogy, the bottom edge of the line and the top edge of the line are pretty similar. So it's writes extremely well. I think that's probably because of the shape of the tipping. Ralph has not quite rounded his off as much as the sailor as the sailor guys would have, as Mr. Nagahara would have. But I like that. Oh yeah, it's not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just yeah. those those are the different constructions of the nib, and the more curved surface of the tipping on the sailor yeah, would result. To get that. Yeah, you'll end up with little bits of broken line, whereas Ralph's is a little bit more wedge shaped. So whilst you can still get the line variation it'll also give you a slightly more precise line. And I think also the Sailor will give you more varieties of line. Like you can get a whole array, like a wider array yeah. of different line widths. I'd say that More too. so than the Trilogy. The only thing is the Trilogy actually starts at a thinner line. Than yeah. The, but there's still, I mean, they're, they're both incredible pens, mm. incredible nibs. I'm just looking at them both now. There's actually, the Sailor is a little bit wider the surface and I can see what you mean about the rounding off you can kind of see it looks like a a slight curve whereas the trilogy looks more like a line there is a little bit of rounding but not a lot the the trilogy is kind of looks to me like a a pretty architect like nib 
Whereas the Sailor King Eagle definitely has that Naginata Togi look to mm. it where it has that gradient. I mean, I, I found when I used the trilogy, it, it was like a gigantic architect when you used it at the right angle. But then again, you could also get some some different thicknesses of lines, which was also really a lot, a lot of fun. Let's talk about the difference in price. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a difference in price. I don't know how much Diana paid for hers, but uh... she paid a pretty penny. I think they I don't remember exactly, but I mean, look, considering it came in an Ebonite King of Pen, yeah. they are pretty damn expensive to begin with the, with a regular they're, nib. They're very rare. Actually, both yeah. of them are pretty rare. Raph hasn't made very many. Oh yeah, this this one was one of the. Well, I, I I kind of used a little bit of nepotism here when I when I got this one off Ralph. It was a gift. Yeah, Thank it was. It was much. a present. It was a present. Yeah, we we uh, worked worked something out. I'm, I'm basically trading some stuff and I'm sliding some cash his but way. But you're as selling well. them for a couple hundred dollars yeah, US. Basically. So, but Diana Diana's pen, the, the king um, king of eagle, was that king eagle? King, king, eagle, king, eagle, eagle, yeah. king of eagle. King of, of pen. King Eagle pen, <laughs> very confusing. Those pens are a couple thousand. The nibs yeah, are a I think this thousand. is about three grand or something like that. So I don't know. The difference in price for the difference in price, these pens are super comparable. The the nibs. Oh yeah. They're they're writing extremely similarly. Um, they're both a really pleasurable experience. They're awesome. And Ralph has done an incredible job making a nib for for the price that he's selling them for. I'm really impressed. Yeah, it's a lot of work, a lot of craftsmanship. Um, and I think what, what you're paying for with the King Eagle is also it's the brand and it's the rarity now considering Mr. Nagahara has passed away. And also, you know, the, the, the Ralph is not a famous, famous, famous Nibmeister yet. Yet, definitely If you're listening, yet. Ralph, yet. You Ralph, know, remember I can we, we, we supported you yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, remember and, us, uh, right? Yeah. Just mates, right? Yeah, yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> When, when you you know when you're the next sort of nibmeister at the sailor pen company we can uh, hopefully we can get some cool pens right sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thank you all right so what have you have you used this pen much in your like daily life at all like do you um, I've you been use putting it? it in my carry like constant carry case my daily carry I don't know what I'm trying to say you know what I mean yeah I know what you mean. um and I've been using it just for fun really um it's it's kind of too thick to write with daily writing. Yeah, for you maybe. For me, um, yeah, some people. Someone doesn't. Someone doesn't use triple broads every day. No. Mm. <laughs> um, Tab would definitely be able to use this as a daily. Oh, I writing. totally would. Um, I use it for drawing, just for fun, writing the word juicy over and over. And she, <laughs> she's written it um, three times on this page. <laughs> Once, uh, where is it? Was the rest of the paper? I think. Okay. All right, I, all right. yeah, I've written it a few four, times. Four, five times. <laughs> she's written a lot. It's quite fun to use. Um, She's just written juicy, juicy, juicy <laughs> here on this piece of paper. Look at it. I do think that it's a really useful pen for drawing, though, if you want to use a fountain pen for drawing. I really enjoy that I can get such huge line variation. I'm not a, like a hugely good artist, so I don't know if an artist that was better than me could get, you know, they'd probably find it more useful. But it looks like if you held it at 90 degrees, you'd get some great sketching lines out of it. Maybe if you used a... A waterproof ink. You could do some watercolor work with it. Like maybe if you use the Sailor Kiwaguro ink or something like that. I would say though, maybe in the pen that she's got it in, the um, it's a it's a Ranga Ebonite pen. They're not a hundred percent airtight. Excuse me, they're not just a hundred percent airtight. So um, maybe it would dry out a little bit. I don't know, but you know, I, I think I think it'd make an excellent drawing slash 
you know, painting pen. Uh, I will I will actually say the original, I think the original purpose of the Nagahara King Eagle nib was to emulate brush strokes. So you could maybe do some Eastern calligraphy with it. And, and I've tested it. It's funny, the if you try and you do like little streaky motions with it, which is kind of how you'd get the brush stroke like marks with the King Eagle, you can get more brush-like strokes with, with the trilogy. trilogy. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, it seems to accomplish what the trilogy, sorry, what the King Eagle nib does to, uh, in my opinion, to it like a little bit to a, to a higher level. Mm. So it's it's pretty pretty cool. So kudos to Ralph in getting that. I suppose in conclusion, they're both beautiful nibs. They're kind of a different sort of there's some differences but you know ralph's done an incredible job with this nib i'm yeah it's he's gonna go far if he if he keeps doing this sort of thing i know that his nibs are extremely popular and and for good reason i know they're, i'm waiting until june or something for the shipment oh, yeah. of that flex one oh <laughs> well yeah that that one's that one's i mean everyone knows how much i love flex nibs right uh-huh no, that's cool. i love no, them it sounds so... it sounds no it sounds like a good thing like, it's a steel flex nib sounds like it's really good at holding up to like ridiculous flexing which is good as well because everyone knows how much i love to see sprung vintage nibs or cracked vintage nibs but i think that he's creating a substitute for a a market that demand exists for things that don't exist anymore so flex Mm. nibs and this this trilogy nib you know that the mr nagahara has has passed away and so it's not going to be it was probably going to be a long time until someone picks up the torch Maybe um, maybe his son, but I don't know if his son is doing that. I don't think his son is creating new nibs like that. I think he's just doing the Naginata Togi nibs. I don't think he's doing the, the really insane specialty nibs, which are, I mean, maybe he doesn't feel confident. Maybe he just doesn't have you the know, time. I don't Ralph's, know. Anyway. Ralph's doing an incredible Yeah, so, job, so we'll hopefully see you at the Sailor factory at some point ralph i don't know well, ralph you should just fly over to australia and uh, come to the yeah, you should Sydney do that. pen show yes you should you year. should actually i think that'd be great um you should you should uh definitely make a lot of them because you'll sell them like hotcakes yeah so in, and you uh, can charge charge a little bit more <laughs> you can charge a premium this is because i flew over you know yes. you save on shipping so i charge you more but yeah i personally think that both of them are fantastic i actually like the way the sailor writes a little bit more just because it's, it's kind of luxurious and juicier um, and I do like a little bit of that cushiony feeling that the 21 karat gold gives it. But at the same time, it's insane how good this pen is that that Ralph has made. Mm. This nib put a lot of thought, time and effort into it. He worked tirelessly. And I say almost literally tirelessly. I think he pulled an all-nighter making this one. It, I, I don't know. Like I, I was, I felt almost bad. But he put a lot of effort into this. And I think he puts the same amount of effort into all of his all of his nibs. And that's really great to see. So, as I said, Ralph, remember us when you're, you know, the next Richard Binder. Yeah, so I'm a big fan as well um, of the trilogy. So, um, thanks for listening, guys. It's been great being again on the nib section. And thank you very much for joining me, Angela. It's been great having you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) And we'll see if we can get you back on for the review of the Leviathan Flex Nib when that eventually arrives in, uh, in Down Under. Um, hopefully it'll be the same sort of caliber as uh, as this amazing trilogy nib. So catch you next time, guys. I'm Tav, and again, this is Angela, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. See ya. Go to our Facebook page and look for the album for episode 18 to see some great close-up shots and photos of both the King Eagle and the trilogy nib in action.
If you've tried a King Eagle nib or one of Ralph's Trilogy nibs and want to let us know what you think, write to us and we'll read it out in the podcast. Next up is my interview with Brian Saputro. Okay, I'm, I'm with Brian Saputro, who's been on the podcast before. Brian, together with, I think, Mark and Jonathan, were the organisers of the very first Sydney Button Pants Australia meetup in November. Including of- you as well. No, I wasn't. I just showed up. Oh, yeah. No, me and Mark. Jonathan wasn't part of that. To start with? Okay. Brian and Mark Hobson, they were the organisers of the very first um, Sydney meetup in November. 11th of November, 2016. 2016. Has it been that long? It has been that long. 2015. Yeah, more than two years ago. Two and a half years ago. Not quite two and a half. (laughs) Getting there. Do you feel like you've aged (laughs) since then? Shut up. I do not age. I mature. Like a good bottle. <laughs> or your fashion sense hasn't improved any. No, I, I, I try to stay young inside. How did it get started? I mean, was it your idea? Was it Mark's idea? Some both. You know how I used to go to Demex like almost every weekend? Did you? Yeah, I used to. Was that when Castle you used, Mark? used to you work in CBD? No, I just... Um, you catch you a know, train and you go yes. to Demix every day. You know how I have a lot of hobbies and then <laughs> yes. I do that at home and on the weekend I have nothing to do. I don't really like going out. Yep. And then Demix is one of my You're home away from of, home? Yes, and teaching new people because back then not a lot of the sellers, the <laughs> salesperson know anything. So you were doing much. a public service yes. to educate the people at yes, Demix yes. about their wares. I was. <laughs> That's wonderful. Dragging them to the... The right direction, if you will. Okay. Instead of just park a was Mark, or shade. Was Mark one of your pupils? I don't know. <laughs> it was one of the good ones. <laughs> like, bear in mind that Mark will hear this. <laughs> Hello, Mark. You are not as good as you are now. <laughs> There's always no, room for that's, that's a lie. It was, it was good? It was okay. Good. That's pretty good. So, yeah. was it your idea or was it Mark's idea? Both. I said, so. I don't think I remember whose idea was. I think it was Mark's. And then I just started the... No, Mark started the event and I just coordinated where it should be. So, Pump House, that was. Yeah, Pump House in circuit, uh, No, not yes. so, Darling Harbour yes. in Sydney. Yes, 20s. 21 people um, RSVP'd <laughs> and only 11, 11, 11 turned up. Oh, yes. Then I was one of them. And it was um, upstairs at 7 It was p.m. supposed to be a proper dinner. They gave us bread and um, balsamic and olive oil. That was slightly embarrassing. <laughs> I think we learned from that very first meet yes. that maybe 7 p.m. at night is not the best time to no, be looking and at... And on a Wednesday. And on a weekday on a rainy night. Day. Yeah, on a rainy day. It was. Probably not the best. No, plus even now, whenever, like for example, 24 is usually the number or... Who are seven hours a day. Yeah. Only 70% or 60% would come. That's true. So it's a good it's a good learning curve that you only take 60% of them as serious to come. Yes. Even but, until now. But then you have like today maybe where that. we had 21 RSVP, yes, and 17 maybes. You never count the maybes. <laughs> they suck. Yeah, I know, which is why we don't have enough seating today. Yes. <laughs> Make up your mind, please. We're recording this on February 25, I think. The Sunday, yeah, which is our February Sydney meetup. You guys can't see, but I'm carrying and a four-color ballpoint. A lami yes. four-color ballpoint. Yes, the thing with meets is to drag other people to get more pens because currently... But you originally... Because there is a lot to learn from, from other people. But instead of learning, you find you're teaching. Spread the love, the wisdom. 
whatever you call it, and try to drag people into the same rabbit hole that we are all in. I agree. Oh, and another point, it's not just learning, it's um, testing pens. Testing a lot of pens. Yes, with different inks, different combos and everything, because you don't get that chance in a, a pen shop, even if they let you test an ink. And sometimes they don't. Ink. Yeah, most of the time they don't, because it's too precious, too expensive, blah, blah, blah. And there are a lot of pens that aren't available in Australia. Yes. Yeah, especially that. If you can only see them online. You can't really test them, you can only gaze and then guess. We're recording this at um, Hearts Pub in the Rocks, which is where we're holding the meet today. Quite a couple here, actually. It's a really good place to be. We have them. Really it's pretty good. central. It has good they beer. Good beers, yeah. A pretty good menu. Um, they're very lax Chicken about... Wings. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty lax about deposits. They've never waffle asked us for a deposit. Fries. I'm sorry, I'm stuck Good with the food. Good waffle fries. <laughs> Jalapeno no, poppers and craft beers. Burgers. Drinking the beer. The, the alcohol well, the is thing, a good... The thing with Sydney meats, it always starts in a pub with alcohol. So. I think you sort of set the standard by... Um, holding the first one at Pump House. But it's a good thing though, when people drink, they chat a bit more, so even for those who yeah. doesn't, that are antisocial, like most of us here. I think, I think um, if, you're a, chat, if, you're a, if you're a pen person, you're more likely to be um, introverted than not. I think, but somewhat true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so majority would be, I think the thing that is great about the meet is that you're collecting likes with likes, so even if you're, you don't like to chat with most people, like minds, you like to. One of the annoying thing is the new members really they're really hesitant to come, like thinking that they're really new and then they would have nothing to contribute. But the good thing is that we get someone new every month, every month, right? Well, not I, always, I see a few. We always love to see new faces. This month, definitely. I yeah, always see at least month, two, three, year. at least two new people I've never met before every single yes. month, and because I'm really bad at remembering names. <laughs> Don't take that as offense. I'm so sorry. <laughs> She took how long to remember my name? Like, I they remember just faces, I just don't remember names very well. Especially yeah, because you, just, you say hey, the name you. once. Yeah. <laughs> that person with those pens. Yes. 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 You will start to remember people by their pens. Mm -hmm. Whenever someone's taking a snap of a collection, you would know whose yeah. collection that is. So, At least I have. Yeah, so pointer. If you're planning to come to a Sydney meet, bring your most memorable pen and I'll remember your you name know. or at least your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you are, if, if you just come in and then you don't bring a collection that's memorable, not memorable, just a collection or a pen, then chances are Diana will not remember you ever. But that's okay. I, I mean, why do you want me to remember you? <laughs> I don't know. Being remembered is a nice thing to, <laughs> to have. So these, um, these meetups have been going on every month since November. Since, I don't think yeah. we have skipped any. I haven't skipped any. I've skipped a few usually because I'm traveling overseas yes. but Brian has been to practically every one yeah, and we I have yeah, and Brian the holds the logbook. Book. Yeah, Brian holds the attendance book. He sure um, is next month. Next month Could Brian probably well be my first meet that I will ever attend. So You're going to have to entrust someone else with the attendance book. There will be a meet. If no one wants to organize that was the main issue. I think even when there was the previous group, no one wants, no one takes the initiative to make a meetup because when I went to Melbourne, the people there, when we had a really quick brunch catch up, the main issue is no one wants to take the responsibility of making a meet. So even here in Sydney, even if no one is going, everyone will, someone will at least organize, organize a meet. And chances are some people will come, but if no one takes the responsibility, then it will never happen. It's strange though, because right, it doesn't take very much effort. No, no, it's just it's just it's, a click of a button on Facebook. 
So it annoys me that Melbourne currently still doesn't have a monthly or bi-monthly meeting. So, like, what would, what would your advice be to someone who's thinking of organizing regular events? Oh, another issue is Mel- Melbournians like to stay in the suburbs. They don't like to go to the city. At least that, that's not true. Not true. <laughs> Well, it depends on the person, but the people that I've met previously, they tend to stay in the suburbs and they don't know a lot of places in the city, which I bet there are a lot of places in the city where you can go. We're going to have a lot of Melbourne listeners emailing us if I show this, if I actually... Well, if you email and you complain, then why no one of you have organized a meet, then prove us wrong. But they do. They don't, don't Melbourne, the do Melbourne they? Pen Group, they have um, a bi-monthly... Yes, um, that is a different meeting. type of meet. I don't know, maybe say, that can be developed further. Yeah, who's to say, you know, what's the right way to do it? I mean, it's always in the same place every month. I don't know. I don't know if the Sydney is good because we always switch places and that adds more variety to the meets. And then, I don't know, less boring, maybe? Well, we're, we're slightly biased. We've been accused yeah, of being of slightly Sydney-centric. Exactly, so we're accused of being slightly Sydney-centric and most of us are from Sydney. But we do usually host a different venue every month but they tend to be pretty central yeah where um, well we tried the west sydney once i didn't go to that one (laughs) (laughs) i did not go to the west sydney one like um if you had any advice maybe just don't be afraid to yeah even if there is only one or not one if there is only two or three people coming into the meet that's okay but it's like it needs to be regular would you say that yeah so even if there is a few people coming in but if you always have it every month at least there is some sort of structure and consistency that everyone if, else didn't if, come at that time right always if someone know. misses one yeah. then they know when the next one's gonna be yeah. And, yeah. yeah and then you know it will hopefully always grow larger because i know there are quite a lot of melbournians in the who are interested in the, in the right. room they're always interested but no one wants to hold the whip to organize <laughs> to organize the meeting well, have because a few people holding the whip, that helps. If you're not shouldering yeah. it yourself. Have a pair, at least. So if one can't organize, then the other can take the... Well, hold the whip. Because, for example, next month, neither me or Diana is going to be or here. Or Sharon. It's going to be here. We'll I don't have know to rely on Aiden. <laughs> yeah. But if no one's going to organize, then we will organize. Because you can always organize online. And yeah. you don't have... You don't have to come. You don't have to always be a participant to be an organizer, I think, with this meet. Right. I mean, it's, it's like minimal effort. You, yeah. Well, the way we organize, we, we do it on Facebook. You just announce it. You remind people that it's going yeah, on. Let, you set a date, know. a time, a venue. It's, I think it's... Give gentle reminders like Diana yeah. always do. Yes. <laughs> does. I think if you work in management, you're, easy, you're always reminded <laughs> of the fact that people are lazy. Yes. And it's not lazy, forget they things. forget. They forget they things. Forget. No, but like I would be lazy when it's something that I'm not organizing. Lazy to remember. Yeah, like when you're organizing, I'm like, oh, Brian will remind me what I have to do. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's good to know that someone else cares as well. So if you're the only organizer, it might not be as nice. If you take a pair to organize, it, 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 will, it will feel better and it will go smoother as well because one will remind the other. Yeah, least, less pressure, less work. Yeah. Not yeah. that there's really much work. And in, in terms of venue, find a place that is like underage friendly is also another thing That's to re- remember. Yeah. Having a brunch, even for a short while, doesn't have to go for four hours like Sydney meets do. But 
have it for just an hour or two in a brunch place, a breakfast or a lunch. I think, I think, um, I think, I think Jonathan Deans described our Sydney meets one day as being like venue hopping. Venue <laughs> hopping, Venue yes. hopping, which is what we do sometimes. At one point we did go through six places. No, not six, four places. Four or three? I think four. We did go through four ones. <laughs> but it's a good thing to do, as especially as, on Saturdays. As when, long as the communication is up to date yeah. and you we keep We always update on Facebook events yeah, that and if we are moving places then, oh, another good point is always leave a phone number yeah, for someone true. to contact you. Right. Leave a mobile number. Um, so I'm not so reliable because every time I go to a meet, my mom would describe me as going to my own world and then never answer my phone. So even if she contacts me That's or happened. others. Others contact me. And they, or I, the worst case scenario answer. where we advertise, we announce that it's at one venue and then we realize that it's closed on a Sunday. Yeah. I remember that. Minute. It's near here. It was supposed to be at the workshop espresso. They close on Sundays, even where? though Google yeah. Shop. That was your fault. Not, not Google <laughs> Shop. Google Maps says they're open. Uh, it was for Angie Young when she visited. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and then we, we had to around. move to QBB. Right. It was four blocks walk. But we still have a meet. <laughs> yeah. And there was like, still like, uh, six people there, I think. But the thing that I've been trying to do to myself even is that every time you organize something, carry it through. Even if it's like everyone bailed out, right. carry it through. And because then someone that will turn up anyway. Yeah. You don't want to disappoint them. And it will set an example to others to actually <laughs> you do sound, as you say. You sound way more mature than you are in real life. Well, I don't read a lot, but what is it about covers and, and books and not to judge? <laughs> Don't don't judge a book by its cover. Don't I think that's that. how it goes. Right. But yeah, do that. I think one thing I really like about the CD meetups is that we have a good demographic spread. I mean, yeah. it, it tends to be quite um, young people heavy, it. right? It doesn't matter about the age, it's the mindset. That's Again, true. Age is just a number. That is true. But like the older members, they all the ones who have very large collections. Knowledge. And knowledge. And they, they come in with their pens and they're like happy to show them to everyone and let us try, you know, writing with them Ian or holding Reed. them. Ianism. Ianism amazing collection. Always something to all. Yeah. Ian just came back from Hong Kong with um a couple of beauties. Well, I don't think a lot of people would appreciate, but that's uh, Urushi Makie pen. New City, I think it's the brand. Nothing much is known about that pen, but that pen has gone through a lot. A lot of history, and um, you can see it from the, um, the Makie, it has gone through a lot of layers. Like, it used to start with, what, eight, ten layers, and now you can see the innermost layer. So, yeah. yes, that yeah. is something to awe upon that I did. It's a pen with history. Yeah. That, that makes you question who that pen belonged to before and then what he used it for. It jogs your memory or imagination. Something romantic about it. Yeah. Some pens hold, show their wear more than others. Yeah. That's the beauty about um, Urushi pens. You can see how it's gone through the ages. Yeah. yeah. But do comes to meet in that respect because there is always a pen or two or a collection of pens that will make you... That makes it memorable for that one. Yeah, yeah. Open your mouth and make your jaw drop. And usually it's Ian who brings it. <laughs> yes, yes. I think with the young demographics is most of them are students and I, we all... Remember well, most of things? us used to be yeah. a student. I don't know if you remember or not, but... Budget is one of the things, so... One advice is, don't do quantity, do quality. I think that's the thing that the young ones tend to forget mm -hmm. or yet to learn. A lot of the um, 
really cheap ones, they tend to come with a really low quality riding experience. And if you don't buy those 12 pens, you can maybe get a two-speed eco even. And I find that of a really good quality, even for a pen at that price. And you will not regret buying a two-speed eco instead of having a dozen of uh, Gin House. Mind you, I'm a bit biased about Gin House. They are, I don't consider them as pen. Everyone here knows in the Sydney. I don't like Jim House just because they're too heavy for me. They they tend okay. to be the metal, um, the inconsistency in the um, quality control. I'm not even getting into nibs. I'm just talking about <laughs> just to hold them. I don't I don't think they're very comfortable. Yeah, it, it feels like they're half ass design. Sorry, <laughs> but that's that's how it seemed to me. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we're, we're getting rained on right now, so we can yes. probably cut this short. Thanks for speaking to me. No, that's we'll, right. We'll it was just a test. <laughs> it was just a test, but we might keep some of this. Let's go See? and get a beer inside. Yes, <laughs> okay. let's do that. That's all for this episode. Future episodes of this podcast can be found at thenibsection.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. Pop them to iTunes, rate us, review us, and recommend us to your friends. Do you want to share your thoughts, suggestions, or feedback? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at thenibsection at gmail.com. You can also comment at us on the Nib Section Facebook page or at the Nib Section on Twitter and Instagram. The Nib Section is the official podcast of Found Pens Oceania. Our producers this episode were Diana Dye, Tavit Sinanian, Patrick Antolovich, and Denise Tang. Recording and editing was done by Tavit Sinanian, Diana Dye, Patrick Antolovich, and Denise Tang. Our music was composed by Michael Pierce. Our logo is designed by Will H. Smith with artwork by Melissa Graff. Thanks for listening.